Hey, it's Andrea. Today, data makes us ugly cry. We add a new face to the most punchable faces of Starfleet, and we ask the question, why is there no end to the space-themed art aboard the Enterprise? Stay with us. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek, the next generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Sharice, today we are talking season three, episode 16, The Offspring, which I'm super excited to nerd out with you over. This episode was written by Renee Echeverria and directed by our boy, Jonathan Frakes, in his directorial debut. Um, Okay. What are your thoughts before I even get into synopsis about Jonathan Frakes and his ability to just like crush those like tear ducts? <laughs> he he's amazing. I he directed uh, some of the episodes of Picard, which is the latest reboot mm-hmm. of this whole thing. And they were just phenomenal. I mean, just such a joy to see. And I love it when the actors, many of them, if not all of them, I don't know if all of them, but many of them went on to produce different episodes of this mm-hmm. show. And I just think that is so fun and so cool. So I'm really excited that this is the one he decided to start with as far as directing. I'm, I don't think that that means they had anything to do with the writing of it, but just more like what it looks like. Exactly. Um, so he picked a good one. I think he really did. Um, and I agree with you. I love that something about the Star Trek universe really engenders this like cooperative environment as far as the talent goes. So we've got um, LeVar Burton directing a couple of episodes mm-hmm. into the future. We've got Patrick Stewart. Yeah, does a few. So, you know, I I haven't worked in the industry, but as far as I understand, a majority of the sets are like, we hire you to be an actor. So just go act. You don't get a mm-hmm. say on like what your character says, mm-hmm. which I think is really unfair to the actors when Joe Q public will be like, I hated that your character did this, why this and this and this. <laughs> no, like yeah. I didn't have, like, I was just basically and they're like, like me too. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get a say in that. Like I was told to say that line or do that thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's it. Like, so the fact that like here you can kind of like step out of your own lane and into other lanes, I think is so cool. And I love that about Star Trek because that's the whole message of like Star Trek as it is. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's the synopsis for the offspring. Stardate 43657.0. Data successfully creates a new android, which he views as his child. However, the magnitude of his accomplishment quickly attracts the scrutiny of Starfleet, who wants to separate the child from Data and the Enterprise for study. Matters are complicated further when the child begins to develop beyond Data's abilities. Initial thoughts, Cherise. I was so excited for us to talk about this episode. If Mm -hmm. you've been listening to our show for any amount of time, you know that Data is my favorite character. And so all the Data-heavy episodes, I'm like, yay! Um, And this is no exception. This is probably, I mean, I really, really enjoy Time's Arrow, um, minus one character who I hate. But I really enjoy Time's (laughs) Arrow. Probably probably that one and the episodes with Lore are super fun, too. But like this one, Data's daughter, It just, it's the tearjerker. It's like the heart-wrenching one of the whole canon of Data. I agree. I agree with you. And so do many other well-established publications. So um, the reception for The Offspring was so overwhelming that no less than 12 large publications have said that this is one of the best Star Trek episodes, one of the best if you're into Data episodes, Mm -hmm. including... Forbes magazine, The Hollywood Reporter, Nerdist, who I love, Sci-Fi Wire, Variety, 
Empire, Den of Geek, which is another like nerdy one I love. Like mm-hmm. lots and lots of different groups of people have been able to come together and gel over this one truth that the offspring is a must watch episode, especially if you are like partial to data and his story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the same initial thoughts as you. I was like, one Guinan is with us. Yay. Hey, oh, love guided. I cannot so get enough her. of her. So love her. <laughs> and then my second thought was break out the Kleenex. <laughs> Cause you're going to need it. <laughs> and I did cry. I've, I cry at the end of this episode every mm-hmm. single time. And you would think that after like 30 years, I wouldn't, but no. But that's the power of great storytelling, Sharice. Like that's mm-hmm. the power of amazing ability to convey an emotion to you, the viewer, even when you know the ending. It's not a surprise ending, but like part of me, every time I watch this episode, internally wishes this was like one of those choose your own adventure stories where I'm like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Like turn around, turn around. Like I keep mm-hmm. thinking there's just enough time to like abort mm-hmm. <laughs> before lol, you know, yes. suffers the fate Ugh. she suffers. And yeah. then she suffers that fate. And you're like, no, why? Like every time, like, mm-hmm. why isn't this a choose your own adventure episode? Ugh. I would choose anyway. a different chapter. Totally. But that's what makes it good though. <laughs> the fact that it has that kind of like gut punch ending makes it really, really sweet. Yeah. And, and really memorable too. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's open this baby up. Um, first off, we see in the captain's log that commander Riker is away on personal leave, which for obvious reasons, Jonathan Frakes, every TNG nerds boyfriend was directing <laughs> this episode. <laughs> I didn't even know he directed this. So that actually makes sense. But what I did think about was the fact that all the episodes we didn't see Troy in and didn't mm-hmm. realize she wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. They never mentioned that she's off on a conference. It's just like, yeah. Troy who she's not important until, enough, which right, sucks. until she starts to kind of, you know, get some meat on the bones as far as her mm-hmm. contribution to the show as a character. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Oh, she's off at a conference. Oh, that's why she's not here. Um, but man, I just can't get over how poorly written women are in this yeah. show. Like I cannot yeah. deal yeah. Anyways, this is a and different example point, though. At this point in TNG, we're in season three, episode 16. We're halfway through or more mm-hmm. through season three. Deanna Troy is already showing why she's a valuable member of the crew. And yet in yesterday's enterprise, she just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly she was, and she had zero lines. She just had to sit there and look pretty and concerned. But yeah, Riker is, you know, Jonathan Frakes is d- directing this episode. And suddenly they have to mention that fucking Riker is away on business right. leave or personal leave it's like right why, why is, is he so, more important which is so interesting okay. yeah it's really she's sucky. written like horribly she's so, a woman. which yeah. is not not at all her fault but wow writers like wow good job good well, job everybody anywho, <laughs> so so the episode starts out and we um we find that out about Riker being off ship mm-hmm. and we see Wes Jordy and Troy heading to Data's lab which Data has a lab question mark okay thank you um, <laughs> all his research like in his quarters which has no bed because he has no need for that like what is he okay but i guess they had a spare room and he's like can i do some tinkering and they're like yeah uh deck 17 section two is pretty empty i guess you could take that or maybe they all maybe they all get to have their own lab if they want i don't know this was so i don't know why he had a lab but let me tell you that lab set was so dope but we didn't see it we're not there yet. so cool we're at the point where they're just walking to data's secret lab Mm -hmm. um and they don't know why data's been super secretive but he went to this really amazing cybernetics conference and then locked himself up in the lab and as wesley says he's kept the lab locked at all times even when he's not there yeah which is actually a good point that Wesley checked it because we both know nobody ever locks doors on the enterprise. This might be the only instance ever that a fucking door is locked ever mm-hmm. on TNG. And 
Yep. Good for you, Data, for like protecting your intellectual property and your passion project. Yeah. And good um, for you, Wesley, knowing that it probably wouldn't be locked. <laughs> yeah. Telling yeah. us all why we need locks. Thanks because for that reminder. History has told Wesley door locks. What is that? Even mm-hmm. though there's a button for it. Yeah. We don't <laughs> Even use though, that you know, we learned that in a matter of perspective where like, depending on who's telling the story, either the scientist's wife or Riker were locking the doors, mm-hmm. but it's like, mm-hmm. oh, so, you know, there's a button for it, but it's just never used. Um, and I don't know about you, but I like to close the curtains in my house when I change. Like, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't need, I don't need it. Just accidentally looking in the, yep. w- whatever. Um, and I love when Jordy says, how would you know they were locked all the time? He gives that little sheepish. Mm-hmm. smile like okay so you've been like poking around wesley and being a little busybody yeah and he he's like oops did i say that part out loud you know after he's all like he keeps it locked all the time even when he's not there and how do you know that uh <laughs> that's not what we're talking about right now jordan we're talking about something different. my golden boy smile and we'll just all laugh it off oh, oh i really do think will wheaton's just super adorable just totally he's the cutest adorable little guy and like an even more adorable grown man i have to yep. say but Anyways, we digress as we often do when it comes to Will Wheaton. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that these three are Data's nuclear family because mm-hmm. he could have, he didn't invite Picard, which is interesting. These are the three people that he feels closest to. Yeah. Not totally yeah. sure why Wesley made the cut. I'm not mad about it because like I said, I think he's adorable. Yeah. Not totally sure why Troy made the cut, but mm-hmm. I just like the idea that he's hand selected three people, not all the people. But yes. three people that he wants to share this news with. I thought that was really special. Well, Jordy is the obvious. And we know they have the yeah. bromance that continues yes. on forever and into their real life. And it's like, I'm so such a like Jordy uh, data stand. But I could see why Counselor Troy would be chosen. Um, she's got that emotional understanding and she's mm. like emotionally very intelligent. And mm-hmm. Wesley is just, he's a kid. And data, as we learn, has created an android. He's created a child. He's made a child. And Wesley would be the closest thing maybe to that child. So we see as uh, Jordy and Troy and um, Wesley open up the doors to the lab. Data's like, oh, uh, you're early. One minute and shuts the door, but not before they all totally clock the foot in Data's (laughs) hand. There's a fucking foot in his hand, like with no an ankle and a foot and no leg attached. (laughs) And I love that Troy, if you go back and watch this episode, she kind of turns her head sideways and she's like, what am I looking at? (laughs) I like when data attaches the foot. It like kind of flexes and stretches Mm -hmm. its toes. I was like, Oh, that was neat. I like that. I like that a lot. (laughs) Yes. It is such great makeup and costume in this episode. So he lets them in. And yes, he says, you know, I learned a a bunch in the cybernetics conference and I came back super inspired. I had my Pinterest board was all full of Android (laughs) images and I went ahead and made myself a child. And the next thing we see is that Picard is observing this very mannequin looking Android, which by the way, the prosthetics, so cool. I would say cool. And like the gold kind of, yes, it's like goldish. And this, this, um, child who's neither a he nor a she yet has like these like very sharp angles Mm -hmm. on their face, which look really cool. The groin is not covered very, very well. You could still see like a lot of like putty and smackler or whatever, which I made me think that it looked great in non HD, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. 1990, yeah. it was totally made for Definitely. that. And they hadn't, you know, they hadn't anticipated this, but that makeup looks amazing. But Picard is like huffy and puffy. 
Mm-hmm. And finally, he's like, I would have liked to have been consulted. Mm-hmm. And I think that data is the perfect spotlight for this episode because all of his answers are logical, non-emotional, non-combative, which I love. He says, I have not observed anyone else aboard consulting you about their procreation, sir. And it was like, you just owned um, Picard so hard. Yep. Because what's he going to say to them? He's like, well, yeah, but but you have, well, you have to, well, they don't have to, huh? Well, uh, and like, there was nothing mm-hmm. for him to say to that, but his response was like, meet me in my ready room as soon yep. as possible. And you're like, ooh, somebody's in trouble. Picard is like very upset. And Data, you're absolutely right. Data is saying, why would I consult you? Nobody else consults you. That Why would that have even crossed his mind? Mm-hmm. Which he has every right to think because he is a sentient individual. However, little does he know that Starfleet is going to feel like they can have a piece of this yeah. because they feel like they own data, which they actually don't. He mm-hmm. is an enlisted person mm-hmm. in Starfleet, just like everybody else. And he can quit anytime he wants. Yep. But he absolutely epi- can, but this episode highlights, like, would they ever let him quit? Right. They, yeah. they think they own him and they have the right to own him because they treat him like technology. Unlike everybody on the enterprise who treats him like one of the crew. I agree. And you know, this episode really brings to light how short the memory span is of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before, like when they had the little micro brain and that oh, was one or like one name. or two. So <laughs> stupid. That was the terraforming. I know micro brain is just so insulting. Um, but like two episodes before they had the crystalline entity yeah. and they're like, we've never seen a crystalline structure, non-organic living thing. What? You had one two episodes ago. Okay, so how quickly they forget season two, episode nine, The Measure of a Man, when Picard has to argue, and he does so successfully, that Data is not property, he's a sentient being, and he has his own rights. And the second he has created a mirror of himself, suddenly Starfleet's like, well, we we need that one for study. If you wanted to study data so bad, you could have just studied data. What did you need mm-hmm. this child for? Right, you could have just what, had data report to the Daystrom Institute, and that which is been what that. the measure of a man was about. That was all about. We want to study data, and data was like, "I will give you all the information you need. You can read charts to your heart's content. You know, when I'm mm-hmm. not working, I'm happy mm-hmm. to come by. You could run scans. Like he's very very cooperative. Yeah, but he's also he's also got enough agency to know that he's not property. Yeah. And he's got enough. Um, he doesn't have the the human characteristics to be offended the way mm-hmm. he should be about it. Right. So he's not offended. He doesn't come with any emotion. He's just like, hey, I'm not property. So yeah. just just so you know, I'm not property. Yeah. So we're not yep. doing that, you know, in a really, really um, respectful way that I feel like really takes the gun out of the hand of Starfleet. But they keep coming with. But I'm the boss and it's going to be my way, which yes. is why we got another punchable face out of this episode to yep. add to our bingo card. Oh my God. I already put him on there. Okay. So for those of you who <laughs> maybe aren't aware, we have covered so many unlikable characters in Star Trek TNG, many of whom you only see for one episode and then you never see again. But I have decided to create the most punchable faces of Star Trek, um, or sorry, the most punchable faces of Starfleet bingo card. And I have been starting to accumulate... <laughs> All these screenshots <laughs> of just like Kolrami and Remick and just, and the guy we see in this episode, like just mm-hmm. the assholes whose faces you want to punch. And as an equal opportunity woman, it is not solely male faces that are on the most punchable faces. At times there's Pulaski. 
<laughs> there are going to be some currently other currently the only female, but yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. We got a couple other women that when we were watching the episode, we were like, oh my gosh, I hate her. So we'll have more yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, there's going to be a lot. It's going to be a whole lot. And I'm going to make a drinking game out of it at some sort. And that's, it's going to be a great time. Um, but okay. So now we're in the hallway and Picard has like stormed off. He's very irritated and Troy comes with him and he doesn't want data calling the child who he has named lol as a child. It's like this thing, this Android has a strength of 10 men and is heuristic Mm -hmm. and all these things. And this is not a child. And Troy responds with, you've never been a parent. And I love that that in a very subtle way kind of recalls her time as a mother very briefly Mm -hmm. in season two, Mm -hmm. episode one's the child where she had a child who grew into an eight-year-old in like two days and then Mm -hmm. disappeared into a puff of light. Mm -hmm. But like she can use that to kind of recall like, I've been a parent. Data is a parent right now. You've never been a parent. Yeah. Um, I usually hate that. I mean, I usually hate that a lot whenever people say, well, you're not a parent because I feel like it's very dismissive. Yes. It's it's a way to say like, well, you can't, you're not allowed to have an opinion about anything. Yep. But I think when Troy says it, it's not the way she says it. She's just saying like your definition of child is very limited Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she breaks it down for him where she says he has created another life form like him. And he also has the strength of 10 men and all this other stuff. So yeah, he's not the normal person either, but this, this Android he's created is his offspring. Even if you don't want to use the word child, that is his offspring. He has created something in his image that's like him. And that's, that's offspring right there. And so it's kind of like Picard's like, all right, he's technological, not biological. That's exactly what that is. Appreciate Troy. Troy is not at all coming from a weird place. She's just like, Hey man, like there's some stuff you don't understand, which I totally respect. Mm -hmm. And if I was talking about something having to do with raising kids that I have nothing to, you know, I don't have any experience with. I totally respect that coming from that place of like, you're just out of your wheelhouse. And I feel like Picard respected that too. And was just like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like he's, it was kind of like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Picard asks to see data in his ready room and data of course complies, but Picard can't quite make data understand the ramifications of creating a new sentient Android. Data's like, I followed the rules to a T. I didn't do anything wrong. I have mm-hmm. taken meticulous notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I failed to see what the problem is. And I've read and- like 10,000 parenting books and guides and everything else. So I'm kind yes. of the most prepared person you've ever met. <laughs> yes. And because it's data has a perfect recall of like everything he's read on parenting, mm-hmm. much unlike anybody else who would read Mm -hmm. some books and take like five bullet points from a whole book and be like, got it. So Picard, poor Picard, he's doing the hand palm face palm thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Poor Picard is just face palming everywhere because he cannot get this through to data. Um, And data's like, okay, well, if you need me for anything else, I'll be in my lab. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, which is totally fair because no, but Picard didn't know how to say like, Hey, you, you made a child, which is amazing and astonishing but because you've made that child now starfleet's going to want to take your child away because he didn't know that part yet but i feel like he knew something was was going to happen there were going to be ramifications somebody was going to have something to say this wasn't just going to be like any other crew member having a baby yes this was a special event but he didn't know what the ramifications would really be and so he just was kind of like data some stuff could go down but i can't Mm -hmm. tell you what and data's just like okay well let me know when you know (laughs) <laughs> it's like, there's yeah. really nothing to talk about. Meanwhile, me and lol have some stuff to like cover. And actually so. he did offer, he did say, Hey, if this is a problem, I can shut her down. You know, I can, I can d- turn her off. 
Mm-hmm. And data and Picard was just like so appalled. He was like, you cannot, she is a lot, or actually at this point, she's not a she or he, your child child is alive. You cannot shut your child down. That's Mm -hmm. like reprehensible. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it just was a really sticky situation. It, it really, really is. Um, but I think that one of the beautiful things about this episode in particular is its ability to sort of interweave these like sweet, tender moments with like the harsher reality of Starfleet wanting to stick its nose in absolutely everything it can. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we have this like difficult moment, but then it's juxtaposed really beautifully with in the hallway, Deanna, Troy and Data are taking this mannequin law to the holodeck to select their gender and appearance. And Lal narrows it down to four looks, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. An Andoran female, a human male, a human female, and a Klingon male. Mm-hmm. And Lal chooses to be a human female. And gotta say, the actress who plays Lal, costuming, hair, and makeup, absolutely crushed it. She's got the cutest little innocent hairdo, Mm -hmm. a very sweet little outfit that wouldn't be like, it's not remotely out of place for Star Trek. It would Mm -hmm. hardly be out of place for like five years from now fashion even. It's just very sweet. And the way that she kind of carries herself as this like newly hatched, for lack of a better term, android, is just so innocent. It's Mm -hmm. just adorable. And then, oh my God, Cherise, jerking at my heartstrings. That scene where Data's narrating his second officer's law log, and we see him taking Law to like 10 forward to learn how to eat and drink. And she's got like water spilling out of her mouth mm-hmm. and playing catch with Wesley and the ball mm-hmm. hits her on the shoulder. And then she throws her hand up like five seconds later. Like <laughs> Data is the most patient father. It is so adorable. And all the mm-hmm. while he's narrating this story about like how her motor skills have impre- increased like 12%. And all. It's just I, I could I could rewind and watch that scene a hundred times and never get sick of it. It's so tender and beautiful. Yeah. And there's this line that he says where he says everything that she's experiencing for the first time, Data is experiencing it vicariously as if it's something new. And that's something yes. that I've heard a lot because I am not a parent. I've heard a lot of parents say that about their kids. And um, and I think that's just really beautiful that you get to kind of re-experience just simple things, you know, feeding a baby chocolate for the first time, or, you know, if yeah. you get down like that as a parent, I know some of you don't, but if you do, <laughs> you know, seeing that look on their face or the surprise, or, you know, um, when my brother was, my brother's quite a bit younger than me. I remember <laughs> he was maybe like two and, um, he was like playing by the dryer and there was some dryer lint on the ground. Cause I was taking stuff out of the dryer okay. oh, it was cotton candy, right? Cause <laughs> it looks, it looks exactly like it. It's poofy. So he, yeah. So he picked it up and it's like, no, cause you know, babies put everything in their mouth. And so you're like, no. Nah. And he like put it in his mouth and I was too oh, slow. No. <laughs> and the look on his face was just the, I mean, I can't even describe it. He made a it. huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> he, he knew he'd made a huge mistake and he's like, ah, you know what? I'm trying to get all the, all the lit off his tongue and stuff like yeah. that. Never ate cotton candy again. My brother's 26. <laughs> Never he never ate cotton candy again after that day. Um, but just, just things like that, right? Just watching someone grow and develop. And also the look on Data's face every time Law did something wrong. Like yeah. when she took a drink and then spit it all out. And he was like, um, that's not, that's not right. You know, yeah. and he had to say, no, now you have to swallow it, right? It's like he's learning how to teach someone mm-hmm. how to be human as well, because he's assuming she knows things like after you put the liquid in your mouth, swallow the liquid, which mm-hmm. how would she possibly know that? So I just, I thought that was really sweet that he's experiencing all of life over again, like a fresh new perspective 
through Lal's eyes. Yeah, it is so sweet. It's not overplayed. It's not overdone or hammy. Mm -hmm. It's just the right level of tenderness. And Star Trek, especially I would say TNG, doesn't really rely on tenderness too much or like humor too much. But when they do do it, it's subtle enough that you get a really good laugh out of things for me. Like Deja Q is like that. And -hmm. a couple of moments in next week's episode that I recently watched are kind of like that, where it's like, huh, you did this. It's funny, but it doesn't make the show funny. It's just a like little chuckle moment Mm -hmm. or like a sweet little tear jerk moment. And this is what this was. Um, So the next thing we see Wesley is with data in the lab. And he points out that like law can learn a lot by being with children her own age. And data says she's two weeks old. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah. And then Wesley's like, well, people around her age. (laughs) Sorry for being so specific. Yeah. She's not going to learn a lot from a two week old. Probably. She's probably (laughs) surpassed that level at this point. (laughs) By the minute you flipped on the switch, she surpassed that two week old. But again, that's one of those moments that's like humorous, but not played for like the pause, which I thought was great. Um, Mm -hmm. and Wesley leaves and Lal starts asking questions and then the frequency for questions increases and increases. And she says, why am I a a five-year-old? Yes. This is the typical five-year-old where you're like, oh my gosh, they won't stop. They just, why am I me? Yeah. Where did this, where did I come from? Why Mm -hmm. do we have two hands instead of three or four? Why is the sky black? And then data does the thing that every parent wishes they could do and flips her off switch. (laughs) and turns her off and then he turns around and he kind of like sighs (laughs) I was just like that's hilarious for so many reasons one that's exactly how children are so I appreciate that but two she did it in a very android way right children usually just say why they they Mm -hmm. might have one legit full question like a full sentence where does rain come from yeah yeah or like why why can't I have ice cream or something Mm -hmm. but then once you answer that question they're just gonna go why 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 like that's all they're gonna ask but Lal took it to that Android level where she's talking about the meaning of life and her purpose yeah. and the function of just like all of this super deep stuff that like data can't answer. And every answer he's like, well, that's a very complex answer. Let yeah. me start with. And then she gives another super deep <laughs> philosophical question. Um, so I thought that was cute. And then the third thing I thought was cute is that back in season one, that's exactly how data would respond every time anyone asked him anything. He would go on this really long tangent mm-hmm. and people would be like, thank you, Mr. Data. And even one time the computer did that. The computer asked for some clarification and he gave way too much clarification. And the computer was like, thank you, Data. Yes. Even the <laughs> computer is sick of your shit. <laughs> and it's not even shit. You're just, that's how you're programmed to respond. Yeah. Like you give an excess of information and hope that the listeners will disseminate it in some way that's useful to them. But yeah. It, so now he got a taste don't. of his own medicine. Yeah, he really did. And he's like, we're just going to go ahead and hit the mute button We're just gonna and the off camera off. button, like <laughs> what you do on zoom. And you're just like, I'm just going to go ahead and turn this off for a minute and we'll come back and so I'll circle back around. Oh my gosh. I'm sure. telling you distance learning was magical. It, it really was like, was. all right, kids, we're all, we're going off the rails a bit. Let's go ahead and hit that mute. All yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or when I would have kids who, you know, between the ages of six to 13, you know, in that age range, you start playing with like pushing boundaries and trying to swear on, on camera, but like, pretend like they didn't actually mean to say it. And I'm like, I've got my finger hovering over the mute button. So at the first <laughs> syllable, like, you know, an F syllable comes out. I'm like, mute. 
<laughs> I'm just yeah. cutting that off at the pass. And right then you're, away. if you're one of my students, you'll be like, who muted me? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. So funny. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Data, for showing us that we are not alone. All right. So <laughs> now Picard gets a subspace communication from one of the most punchable faces in Starfleet, Admiral Heftel, who raises some serious objections to Lal's existence overall. And he mm. wants her to come to him for study without Data there. And I love that Picard has done a 180 and advocates for Data's rights as a parent and Lal's rights as a living being. He's like, now, mm-hmm. wait a minute. You can't just take him away. Data is her father by all like extent and mm-hmm. understanding. He is her father and you can't just rip this child away. And Heftel is very much Picard from 20 minutes ago, but like cranked up to level 11, <laughs> right? Where yes. now Picard's getting a taste of his own medicine, but it's like uh-huh. even worse because it's a fucking admiral. Mm-hmm. But he's like, you've never been a parent. You don't know. It's not, this is what's best for her. Trust me. I know. Who the hell are you, by the way? Yeah. Who the hell are you? Have we ever um, met you before? No, we haven't. No. So no. why are you even here? Yeah. And it's really, um, I, I appreciate that Picard always goes to bat for his crew, no matter yes. who they are or what the situation is. He's always yep. going to go to bat for his crew. And this situation here is really a big deal. There's this line that comes up way later, but to your point that you mentioned the measure of a man where he's talking to Admiral Halftail and he says, data has rights as a sentient being, those rights have been defined. I helped define them. And I was like, yes, like, I love that line. I yep. actually mentioned right that line. Back, right back to measure of a man. Like yes. you did help define those laws and protocols as to mm-hmm. how data or any other Android needs to be treated. So have to do your homework. Yeah. You're talking to the man who to literally me. wrote the book. He literally wrote the book literally, on this. Charisse, and you're sitting oh. here going, I know, I think I know better because I really want to study her and his and Admiral Haftel's whole thing is that we have another Sung like Android. This is a great opportunity for research and we need to get them in an isolated lab environment so we could study her study. I think he's calling lol it at this point. Not even a her, not even a her. So we can study it and get to know all about it and how it works and how to make it function or whatever. And then we can teach it whatever we want to teach it in our very controlled lab environment and he, he actually said the words that data's presence would retard her growth, that her own yes. creator and father being there would be a hindrance to her learning because he wants her yep. to learn question mark. I don't know. Yeah. Nothing. Yep. Well, and that, and that begs the question too. It's like, what do you think you're going to provide for this living thing that data cannot provide for her? Mm-hmm. He has encyclopedic and perfect recall knowledge mm-hmm. of every parenting advice or book ever written. He's the one who built her. He just got all the information from like the cybernetics conference. Like, and you he's may the work- only other Android in existence. So yes. the only person who could teach an Android about what it's like to be an Android among humans would be an Android. Data. Yeah. And maybe lore, but lore is a dick, right? So it's, it's data. We do. Yeah. We don't go to uncle lore's house. <laughs> no, we definitely don't spend the night. Either. We definitely don't do uncle that. Lore anything. Yeah. But data is the only, you know, <laughs> non-evil Android. So really yeah. all of, all of Admiral Halftail's arguments about she needs to be with experts, blah, blah, blah. I just kept wondering why no one's like, well, data is literally the only expert the on what expert. it's like to be an Android. Yeah. The only one there's no and, other one. And the case can be made by Heftel that if you're going to apply that logic to data and lol, you can apply that logic to any child. Mm-hmm. You know, you can argue if you were a real piece of shit, you could argue that you can take a baby, an infant newborn 
baby away from its mother and raise them in like a clinical psych- psychology mm-hmm. ward where mm-hmm. you have all the experts in the field who know everything about everything. And that mother is just going to love it and coddle it and like retard its growth, which even, even though the word is being used properly, I still hate the sound of that word so much, yeah. but, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely like, you can argue that case for any biological offspring. So which sounds so ridiculous and horrifying yes. that yep. anybody would take a baby from their parent and raise them in some sterile clinical environment yep. full of quote unquote experts yep. because they can do it better because they have knowledge or something like knowledge is not the same as connection to your child. And not all moms have that connection because sometimes there's some challenges with the chemical pathways, but like 99.99% of moms yep. have chemically are chemically attached to their newborns and have a primal instinct to care for them and nurture them and see them grow and develop. And nobody else can come close to that Absolutely. level of devotion. It, even your not you know, even intellectual close. curiosity about lol is not going to replace data's devotion. So I just think he was so much in the wrong in every single way. And every single way possible. Yeah. And at no point did he acknowledge that, which really bothered me. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes him punchable. Cause I'm thinking you can absolutely make mistakes. You can absolutely be a dick, but if you own up to it and you're like, wow, uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't have brought the crystalline entity to this planet. That was <laughs> maybe bad. a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> then I'd be like, okay, all right. Like, you know, you fucked up, but like, this is different. Like, but just like adamantly declaring yourself to be right, just because you're you and you're the person who's saying this thing that you believe like, no, sir. And if you, if, if Heftel were a real person and we had applied that same logic to biological offspring and parroted that back to me, be like, well, I'm not a monster. I can't right. take a child away from its parent. I would yep. never do that. Oh, but lol. Yeah. That's different. Okay. And he said that too. He said, um, Picard, you're sounding very sentimental about an android. Like, because he called that, because he called Lal, Lal Data's child. And it was mm-hmm. like, you're sounding really cold about yeah. an Android. Yeah. So you sound yeah. less and less like the kind of guy we want to send Lal to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you want to get Lal? Maybe butter <laughs> us up a little. Say she's going to have all the playtime. She's going to have puppy time and water time <laughs> and slumber party time and treat time with all the other Android children. But no, it's like, we need it they need to report here. It's like, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. It's really, it's really icky. Speaking of that, at the same time, data is trying to get lol acclimated with other children. So she can learn some of those social skills because little yeah. kids are learning what it means to be like in community, what it means to be like, to have friends, what it means yeah. to, to have to joke and kind of hone in on your sense of humor. I work a lot with middle school students and they are working on their sense of humor. Like that is the time where they really Oof, perfect they their arts. And, um, and or, it's or starting down the path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or start, yeah. They're, they're or just barely. It. Yeah. They're working on it. And so it's, you know, it's something we, as teachers, um, at our school help guide them through when they're, when yeah. their humor is like, not quite where it needs to be. We're like, okay, let's work on that humor. Right. So all that stuff you learn, you learn as a little kid, sometimes with the guidance of adults, but sometimes you just pick it up from your friends. And so I thought it was a really good idea to put law with some, some children so she can learn those niceties because adults, mm-hmm. most adults have those niceties already. And they're going to just like, I don't know. I, I just feel like she would fit in better, but unfortunately yes. that whole idea completely backfired on poor law. They, they put Lol. her with the teens because she's a grown woman, like as an Android, she's grown well, because so she scored, she scored a perfect score in 
all of her on academic an academic yeah. stuff. Which yeah. of course she did. She's a genius. She's an android. So of course she did. So they put her with like the teens and it was just weird because teens are the worst. So, yep. <laughs> so they took her and they put her instead with elementary age students because they're like usually nicer, but they can also sometimes be super cruel. And that's what happened with law. They just, they were afraid of her. So they kind of all excluded well, yeah. her. It's, it's her. putting, it's putting an adult looking person or a very nearly adult looking person in a kindergarten class. Of course she's different. And mm-hmm. that's like very instinctual from a very early age with people that we, especially at an early age, when we feel more vulnerable, tend to find others that look like us or behave like us mm-hmm. or like the same things we like so that we can build some community and feel some safety. But law doesn't do any of those things and she doesn't mm-hmm. look like any of them. Mm-hmm. And it was so sad to see law just standing there all alone. And like these other kids are kind of huddled in a group and she's just like pretending to be very clearly pretending to be interested in like some artwork. Yeah. Or like a a plant or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you poor thing. But to be fair, y'all shouldn't have kids on that ship anyways. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly that's what this is showing me. They just pulled somebody from like engineering and they're like, you, uh, (laughs) you got two kids, right? What's 14 more? Like, we'll just throw you in a room. Now you're the principal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is like, okay, after school, Data's kind of debriefing with Lol and and Lol's like so, in the turbo is, lift. In the turbo lift. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's all like, so what what's laughter? Like, what does that signify? And then Data explains it to her, like, oh, they they thought something was funny. And she's like, Great. Without knowing what it what it is, I have somehow mastered it. And she's like really proud Did you of notice herself. the way she stuck her chin out and she was yes. like, There, it was so, done it. Was it. So I was sweet. like, oh. and then well, so and sad with data's face was like no lol like Mm -hmm. and i wrote that data is perfect in this role he's direct with her but not unkind Mm -hmm. he's like they weren't laughing with you they were laughing at you and they are afraid of you because they don't understand you because you are different and it was just and she just was like i don't i don't want to go to school anymore yeah. Which is exactly what little kids say when they have a bad time at school. Wouldn't for the first you? Time. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go back. If I was staring at the wall at some plants and didn't have any friends, why am I going to be there for hours a day? Nope. <laughs> so yeah. That <laughs> and by the way, what... listeners, Sharice at this age, she is now is Sharice when she was like eight. <laughs> like, no, I'm just not doing that. Like, yeah. no, <laughs> that was actually Sharice at five. <laughs> People would be like, Hey, you're going to do this. And I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay. My option is no, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> mandatory I'm staying home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. So yeah, I mean, it was really sweet and sad, right? All these moments of just the pain of growing up Yeah, and it's happening like super duper fast. And data is yeah. just there to kind of, like you said, to kindly say, here's what's, here's the truth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he, and he says it in a way that he knows how, but in a way that law can understand too. Like Lol is too young and too immature to really understand subtlety and nuance. So Mm -hmm. you have to be very direct. And that's what you do with a two-year-old. And you say, don't touch that. It's hot. You know, Mm -hmm. like you don't, you're not like, well, you might hurt your, just because it's like, no, he's very direct with her. Mm -hmm. And she totally gets it. And I love that in this moment, Data's like, I may need to talk to some other parents. And he seeks out Dr. Crusher. And as I a successful this, parent. Yes. Which I'm like, you weren't there like 90% of the time. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Like <laughs> that's, that's not Wesley, true. She Wesley, just wasn't there that last year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or serving a board. Okay. Yeah, I guess. But 
I call this the start of whispery Beverly and nineties uneven hair Beverly. Cause she has the, like one on, on her left side, her hair is like touching her shoulder. And on her right side, it's like halfway to her boob. And I'm like, okay, yeah. it's a stylistic choice. And I style. was so there for it when I was a kid and mm-hmm. I can still appreciate it now, but I'm like, oh yeah, that's like wicked uneven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she also gets very whispery where she's like, you know, data, just understand them learn from them. <laughs> Just do your best. I was like, do you need a lozenge, Beverly? Are you, is there some sort of hypo spray I could administer? And do you have a sore throat? Do we need to test you for like Aldebaran flu? I, What's I, going on? Aldebaran flu. I didn't notice she was being whispery. I missed oh, that. And I, I'm whisper- not going to rewatch it because it's going to annoy The beginning of whispery Beverly. And it goes on for quite some time. Well, you know, this is the writers writing for women back in the nineties. And this is what yeah, you get. We had to be you whispery, whispery, Beverly Crusher, probably to yeah. make her more feminine and like, yep. you know, unassuming because yep. she's a doctor. And so she's, she's a woman. Yeah. You can't also have like a voice. I don't know. But anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so Beverly gives data these, this advice of, well, when I was raising my genius son, he didn't fit in with all the regulars. Like, Bitch, you made it a point to point out like how fucking high achieving Wesley is. Okay, but, the, but you need to point, calm down, because, Beverly. But that's the point because Lol is the same way. She's she's high. She's very high functioning because she's an android, but she's also has little EQ mm-hmm. because she's two weeks old. Yeah, right. So she kind of has a similar situation that someone with a high IQ would have at that age, or well, yeah. not at her age, but at Wesley's age. You know, having a really high IQ sometimes means you have a low EQ, mm-hmm. and you you know a lot of stuff, but you can't get along with people super well. Yeah. So yeah, her emotional intelligence is very low. Yeah. So she, so Beverly says, you know, I shared my experiences with Wesley and I was just there to listen to him and to nurture him. And I felt like that was really the perfect advice for data because data can share all of his experiences of how hard it was. And he said that he said, well, I didn't tell her because I wanted to shield her. I didn't want to scare her by telling her how hard it was for me, but maybe that was a mistake. And I just felt like, no, it wasn't a mistake. This is, this is what parenting is about. This is the learning part, right? Yes. Well, Beverly, whispery Beverly does give some good advice. She says, show her a little love and attention to which data responds. I can give her attention, but I cannot show her love. And he gets up and walks out. And Beverly says what, of course, we are all thinking, which is now, why do I find that so hard to believe? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, data is learning to love in the data way that he only he can do. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we learn that the name lol is Hindi for beloved. It's Mm -hmm. like. Come on. You named her. I love her. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You could have named her, you know, the Echo Papa 608 <laughs> or, or Rose, but you named her beloved. Yeah. Yeah. It's so sweet. it's like, th- it's very sweet. So now we cut to, cause we've had the sweet moments. Now we're back to the harder moments. Picard is asleep with his very sexy little sleep <laughs> shorts and like buttoned <laughs> open to his belly button. Like, do we even call it a shirt at that point? It's just sort of a shroud. Robe. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know what something, that is. Something, something. Um, and Admiral Heftel calls. And I thought there's no such thing as voicemail in the 24th century. Like, let it go to voicemail. I'm asleep. Is that part of your role? Like, as a Star Trek captain, like Starfleet, you have to just be on call at all time, I guess. I think he has to answer when it's like an Admiral or something. Uh, I'm asleep. What do you want? So Heftel is saying, hold your position. I'm coming to observe law and take her with me if necessary. To which Picard's like, I don't like that. <laughs> it goes right back to sleep, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and you can tell, you can just tell from his like Weasley little face that he Ugh. has no intention of 
actually seeing what she lives like and giving Not it an close. honest um observation you can tell him he's just like close. well if i'm gonna come and observe and if it's not up to snuff then i'm taking her you can tell he's already decided before he he's like i've already got the order trans the transfer order is already like mm-hmm. spilled out just like yeah, that no. other douchebag from measure of a man who came yep. and was like i want data to volunteer to be dismantled and then was like well i already got this note here from starfleet you know saying that i can dismantle him you're like yep but buddy yeah no totally like you're ready you came ready for the fight um and it's really sucky. But before Haftel shows up, Data takes Law to 10 forward. And I love that Data was like, this is the central social hub of the ship. Um, I would like Law to like work here under Guinan's tutelage um, because she's a patient and understanding teacher. And she's going to work in 10 forward with Guinan as like a bar bartender, mm-hmm. server, whatever. This is the first time Law uses a contraction. She says, I've something, mm-hmm. something, something. And she mm-hmm. has at this point, like started to exceed Data's ability. It's like, oh, look Data at you did something right. Yeah. <laughs> Data did something right. Yeah. And we see how like exciting that is that both Guinan and Data are like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And she's like, wait, did I do something wrong? I'll stop right away. And they're, they're like, like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not doing anything wrong. This is great. You're growing and you're developing. And, um, that was really cool. And they're like, how is this happening? I don't really know, but there's something about the way that data built her to where, how she can function, can exceed his own programming, which is really exciting. And honestly, it's like the, the goal of every parent is for your kid to do better than you. Right. Even if you've done amazing, you just want more for them. Um, again, I'm assuming not as a parent, that's what I want for my, for my future, my future children. That's what I want for them is I want them to have more than me. And so to see that happening in a digital sense is really, really cool. And I love Guinan's teaching of law about just like humankind in 10 yeah. forward. It was just so fun to watch. Oh my God. Oh my God. She, she is, Lal is watching a young couple in 10 forward. They're flirting. They're holding hands. They're on a date and now yeah. Data's gone. So it's just Guinan and Lal behind the bar. Yep. Staring at this couple across the room and Lal's got yep. a lot of questions. A lot. Why are they holding hands to which Guinan says, you know, that's a way that humans show affection for each other. And then the guy goes in for a kiss and she goes, he's biting that female. And yeah, she's that's like, right. that's oh. what she says. Yeah. She's like, oh my gosh. And she's like, she's like, Guinan's like, no, no, no. They're pressing their lips together. It's called kissing. Like it's totally fine. It's, it's, yeah. it's normal. Everything's good here. And she's like, oh, okay. And then they get up and they start to leave. And she's like, wait, why are they leaving? Yeah. And Guinan's like, you know what? There's some things that your father has to tell you. Like I'm, I'm like, draw the line when right he there. feels you're ready, which I thought Gina was just going to do her little like Cheshire grin cat, you mm-hmm. know, like thing and walk away. Yeah. Um, she was like, I'm just going to let data take this. And then right on cue, Riker walks in, obviously back from his personal leave mm-hmm. and turns the charm on to law. He's like, well, I haven't seen you here before, which I'm like, man, you sound, you sound no. straight out of like a Western man. What when are she, you doing? But when he walks in, Lol is totally flirting with him because she starts cleaning the bar in like a super sexy like way. Slow. Yeah. yeah. Where, when she sees him walk in because she's just copying what she saw the people on dates doing. Yep. And then he's all like, Hey there. And she's like, Hey, and then she just picks him up off the ground. How, and how tall is he? Like six, five, the six, five man. She picks him up over the bar. And yep. kisses him at <laughs> a long, passionate kiss. And he's like, what just happened to me? Um, and I mean, he's not like, mad wow, about it. Wow. 
No, put him down, put him down. (laughs) Yeah. Right. When data walks in and says, commander, what are your intentions with my daughter? And I just wrote LOL. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because Riker's all like, I walked in, I see this cute bartender. She seems kind of flirty, but then she picks me up off the ground and then she kisses me. I don't know what's going on. And now all of a sudden data, you have a daughter and I kissed her. Uh-oh. And I love that Riker just storms out like a very 1990s man just like is confused and upset and just storms. Yeah. <laughs> well, understandably, lucky you, lol, by the way, but understandably, <laughs> she's now upset because she's like, I can do everything that humans can do, but I can't feel the emotions. Like, mm-hmm. what is the point? And Data is, I, there isn't a moment in this entire episode where he's not so sweet with her, where he tells her, we must strive to be more than we are. The effort yields its own reward. Like the struggle mm-hmm. is part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And Lol ends up taking Data's hand to symbolize affection and they hold hands for a second. And I was just like, oh, my heart, look at you guys being so cute. Mm-hmm. And this beautiful moment for me was shattered when I realized that the metal sculpture above the couch in Data's quarters is a fucking sun with planets going around it. And I was like, more space? I got so mad. But it was so cool, Andrea. It was so cool. It was garbage. It was garbage. (laughs) (laughs) And it would have been cool if we hadn't been bashed over the head like a bunch (laughs) of brain dead toadstools that like we don't know that we're in space and haven't seen space paintings like (laughs) every room of the ship has the the holodeck is like oh are you going to 18th century london let me pop a space painting in there (laughs) 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 even lol and i love the very childish question why is the sky blue she says why is the sky black yeah i I love that oh that was you're in space girl you don't need it okay you know what I need to put this one down because I'm sorry, artist that made that beautiful, amazing thing, but it was crap for this episode. Stop putting space everywhere. <laughs> it was amazing. I want one for my house. Um, I mean, it but is I, don't really have, cool. I don't have any space paintings, so I kind of need to get on that. <laughs> Anyways, all my paintings are like sunsets. So okay. um, <laughs> probably because I live on earth. If I was, if I was in space, they'd all be space. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess, although, I mean, I do live by the beach in Los Angeles, but I have not one artwork that is like an ocean, a clamshell or whatever. Like I can just walk down the street and go see. The- okay. <laughs> That's a good point. So at this point, Admiral <laughs> Haftel makes his way on board and is sitting in the ready room with Picard. I think they're in the ready room. I don't know where they are. They're sitting somewhere chilling and he's yeah. made like tea for both of them. And they're having just this lovely, oh, yeah, like, they're in the ready room. Yeah. Yeah. They're having this lovely, like conversation. And basically Admiral Haftel walks in, sits down and says, all right, is our laws bags packed? Mm-hmm. And having never like, laid eyes on her, having to never date, does, doesn't know what she looks like. Couldn't pick her out of a lineup. And Picard's like, I thought you were here to form an opinion, not justify one. And he's like, oh, you're just not thinking at the levels I'm thinking at or whatever. And mm-hmm. then he says, well, you know, you're not a, a parent. I'm a father. And every father knows that there's a time when you have to let your kids go. And it's a very painful yes. time. And that ages two weeks, apparently. Yeah. And that's what Picard says. He's like, I agree with you, but this is not the time. The umbilical cord hasn't even been cut. It's still yeah. there. She was just created. It's just a mannequin. Like yeah. 48 hours ago. Come on. Yes. yes. G- give him some time. And also... I, I feel like Picard does such a good job of being a diplomat here where he's saying, 
how about this? How about you take lol and data? So data can continue to be with his child and mentor her and guide her, but you can also work with her and do your experiments or whatever. And half tells like, no, not acceptable. He's like, all right, well, how about this other option? You wait for her to mature and develop with data's guidance. And when she feels comfortable and she's ready to kind of branch out, then she can volunteer and go over to the Institute and you can do research on her there. No, not acceptable. Mm -hmm. She has to be in isolation and studied by experts. And he's just not budging at all. Not at all. And this only further solidifies, in my opinion, his place in the most punchable faces of Starfleet bingo card game, because he has no intention to be anything other than a cold clinical observer of lol mm-hmm. um, and attempt to steer her programming in some way that he sees fit, but he's not treating her as a child. And lol is already like far exceeding data's capabilities. And she's showing that she's got, she wants to flirt. Like she wants things and we can argue back and forth. And I would love to have this argument some other time, maybe a possible uh, escape pod episode, but is want an emotion because data wants things. He wants to be human, but is wanting something, something that like a robot could or should feel like, I feel like want is a, is demonstrative mm-hmm. of a desire, which is an emotion in my mm-hmm. book. And it's like, well, she, she wants to like flirt with Riker and she wants to form these like connections. And that already shows like she's far outstripped, like what data thought she could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that Picard stands his ground. It's so admirable and also super sexy men out there take note or women out there take note, anybody out there take note, standing your ground for what you believe in is very sexy. Mm-hmm. And he reminds Heftel that like he helped define the rights of, of sentient androids. Again, that like lovely callback. So Picard's like, let me, let me at least introduce you to law, you know, and you can kind of form your opinion. So they go to 10th still forward. never laid eyes on her. Not you're committed e- to taking her away. It, you know, if I were Picard and I can't be for so many reasons, but I'd be like, sure, she's in your shuttle waiting for you and just have like a holographic character sitting there. <laughs> like, there you go. You can take her. And then as soon as they take off, that thing disappears. And I'm like, whoop nine, pew. <laughs> yeah. And they would just never find you. That sounds like a really Not interesting ever. plan. See, um, <laughs> all, of my, all of my plans are excellent and very short-lived. Like I would be that burglar that'd be like, we're in. It's like, okay, what do you want to do now? I didn't expect we would even get in. So I didn't, yeah, plan, didn't plan that far. <laughs> didn't plan the exit strategy, but the entrance not, strategy was flawless. I am not good at that. But Heftel sees that Lal is working in 10 forward. And he's like, she could do, you know, a Googleplex of calculations like a second and you have her working as a barmaid. And I thought one, you just really showed your age because barmaid is such an like old school and like mm-hmm. kind of derogatory term. Like, mm-hmm. um, and Guinan, I love this is so Guinan. She just kind of slips in and artfully pops him in his place. And he's like, she's working at a bar and she's like, oh, come on, Admiral, you've been in a number of bars. And I wondered like, how do you know this Guinan? Like she is older than time. So she might have there, mm-hmm. I, to me, it seems like there's a little implication, like she may know more about Heftel than maybe, than she or on. she may, she may be just using like context clues. Like he's like a 70 year old man or whatever. He's been to a bar before. Like it's happened yeah. could, and could very well be. Yeah. And the fact that he's an admiral, he's been to many bars with other admirals and captains and whatnot, mm-hmm. just as part of his role. So for him to be belittling people who are working in a bar or in a bar is just yep. kind of silly. And then yep. also for him, that, that part where he says she can do all these calculations in a second and why is she waiting tables just shows that 
he sees her as some kind of machine, right? He sees her as someone who should be just doing calculations, trillions mm-hmm. of calculations a second. And that's all, that's what she's going to do if she, if she goes to the stupid institute with him. That is doing his, calculations. Yes, that is his value qualifier for her. She can do this many calculations. I could do cartwheels till the cows come home. That doesn't mean that's what I'm built for or made for or supposed to be doing. That's not my purpose. Yeah. Nor, and he, nor is that Law's purpose. Right. Purpose. And he devalues her mm-hmm. um, desire to learn human connections and interaction, which is yep. so important. And he's just like, and that's what Picard points out. Like, hey, she is, she's being able to experience like socialization here. And Admiral Haftel is just like, that's not the kind of socialization we want her to have, right? At their research institute, yeah. they teach and her excuse something me, different. Remind me who the fuck are you again? Nobody. Okay. <laughs> Nobody talks about my daughter like that. Now get okay. off like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lal finally interviews with Heftel and he's so dismissive of her thoughts and her reasoning. First of all, this fool is texting the entire time He's talking to Lal. He's got his data pad up and he's yeah. just doop, 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 typing. So he's yep. basically texting the entire time. Oh, that's nice, dear. Mm-hmm, that's lovely. Yes. So go ahead and you're going to be coming with me now. And it's best if you volunteer. And he's not even bothering to look her in the eyes. He just completely dismisses her completely. Not even close. And he he said there is no way that with like all of the capabilities that you have, that you could learn everything you should be learning or need to be learning in your life, like aboard this little ship. And Lal's like, I agree. So once I have learned everything I can learn aboard the ship, then we can talk about me coming to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, these are inalienable like facts. Lol is super distraught and she goes to visit Counselor Troy, which would make sense because that was one of the first people she was introduced to. Mm-hmm. And she just starts falling apart. Like she's clearly having some sort of failure. Like she's not walking right. She's not speaking right. And she says, Troy, I'm scared. And Troy, who's the perfect person to be talking mm-hmm. to her right now, is like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I can feel that you are feeling fear. And Law starts doing the smacking mm-hmm. her fingers into her chest going, I can feel it. I can feel emotions, mm-hmm. which is terrifying as a failure is going on. You're like, oh, my God. Troy comes over to Data and is like, something is terribly wrong with Law. You need to get to your lab at once. And poor Law. Oh, my God. Lol is experiencing like a cascade failure as a result of her nascent emotional intelligence, which, by the way, was triggered by admirable by Admiral Haftel. Mm-hmm. Like he triggered this entire cascade by yep. threatening to take her away. And she's not stupid when they had that conversation and they were saying and he kept saying, you have to come with me. You have to come with me. You have to come with me. And she was trying to say, I will after this. I will after that. I will only with data if data is with me. She's not stupid. The second she walked out and went to Troy, she said, he's come to take me away. She knew that he was going to take her one way or another, regardless of what she wanted. One way or another. And that triggered all of the fear. Yes, it triggered all the fear. It's all because of you, Heftel, that she, well, I was going to say she gets emotions, but she like her programming suddenly, suddenly starts to overload because of this fear. And she has like these emotions that weren't programmed in her mm-hmm. and this cascade still failure starts to happen. And this is where I just want to not punch Heftel in the face, but throw him out of an airlock because <laughs> he sees that lol is having this cascade failure. And he says, can I help you data? Are you fuck you Heftel? You cause this. You want to do yeah. some emergency overhaul to save lol for what? Because she's your property. Cause you mm-hmm. want to take her with you now, all of a sudden he understands like the emotional bond she has with data and like mm-hmm. how he can never do. I was like, 
I want to kill this man. So mm-hmm. we have one of these really cool moments that we have every once in a while with data where data pops lol's hair open to reveal her positronic net. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool effect. I love it so much. Sometimes they do it on Star Trek where like Jordy does that to data and you're like, mm-hmm. all the, like lights. It's always stuff. cool. Yeah. It's so cool. It's right on par with data wrenching open a door that nobody mm-hmm. can open. Yeah. Jordy going, go, go, go. Like when there's <laughs> when the coolant leak happens, when the yeah. workforce is about to breach. Everybody yeah. run. Yeah. That's Something you see only three or four breach. times and it's super yeah. fun. Yeah. And it's great. <laughs> and it's great. Yeah, it is really fun. Um, but then, <laughs> so it's now hours later and we see Wesley, Troy, and Jordy, like the original three waiting mm-hmm. in the hallway. And it's been hours. And Heftel comes out doing the equivalent of a doctor coming out of like a tough operation. He still has mm-hmm. like blood on his like gloves and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, essentially. Mm-hmm. He's like she won't live much longer. His hands were moving faster than I could see. It was like, why are you sad? Why are you sad? Mm-hmm. How fucking dare you be sad for data's loss? You caused this with your mm-hmm. complete heartlessness. I was like, again, after 30 years, I still yell at the TV. Like, why is this happening? <laughs> why are you sad, dick? Like, you made this happen. Yeah, I appreciated that he wanted to help assist data because it is a very technical thing and you need super technical people. And I appreciated that he came out to give the bad news to like the, the family. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was waiting for his apology that never came. And I was really irritated mm-hmm. by it. you. There were so many moments here where you needed to step up and be like, you know what? I caused this. That was my fault. He tried to say that the contractions that lol had was some kind of, it was an aberration. Yeah. And he tried to make it sound like it was a malfunction mm-hmm. because she was with data. And that if only she was at the Daystrom Institute, then that would have never happened. And she would have never quote unquote malfunctioned when really she was exceeding the programming limitations she had. It was the exact opposite of a malfunction. It was a great breakthrough. Yeah. It's like, similarly here, he caused her death directly. And I mean, granted, maybe any emotion would have done this, but wouldn't we want for law to have just like so much joy that she crashes or something not to be scared to death. He literally scared her to death. That literally kills her. Yeah. I, I had a really hard time at the end when he's all like, and we just couldn't, couldn't save her. Like I had a really hard time, like emotionally bonding with him. I wanted him to just be like, and it was all my fault. And then I would have been like, all right, buddy. All right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I couldn't, I just couldn't. He does that bullshit hammy. Like he pulls up his hands Yeah, because he's talking about data's hands. So he has to show his hand to the three because they don't know what a hand is. He's like, his hands were moving faster than I could see. And it's so fucking hammy. At that point, he should have said, I didn't know. I didn't yeah, know. Something and like that, that would have been all you needed to say. So Why anything wouldn't like that, just give that to us. Anything like that. And I would have been like, uh, all right, you didn't know it was an accident. Like you regret what you did. You didn't, yeah. you didn't mean to, certainly he didn't mean for this to happen. No, nope, but any not kind of close. acknowledgement of the fact that he caused this mm-hmm. would have removed this character from the punchable faces list. Yes. I think because yes. it would have been like, I mean, he understood at the end, but he never understood. And not at one point did he say this was my bad. And I feel like if data was to create another child next week, he would be on the He'd next like, shuttle coming back to the I yeah. need LOL 2.0. Yeah. I need her so, to come with me. Yes. So he gets to stay on the bingo card. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. You earn that place there, buddy. Um, and then we see LOL's death. And she says, I love you, father. Thank you for my life. And I was like, 
<laughs> you know, yes. the tissues. Oh, so thank like, you for my so life. Beautiful. And the way she said it was just like, thank you for my life. You know, it was just so really like just innocent. It was just really innocent. Like the way a, a child talks, right. They mm-hmm. just say these really profound things in really innocent ways. Mm-hmm. And, um, data wants to say, I love you back. You see him starting to form the words, but then he realizes it would be a lie and he doesn't lie. Laura, on the other hand, lies all the time, but data yeah. doesn't lie. So he starts to say, I love you too. Cause that's the correct response, mm-hmm. but he stops himself and he says, I can't say that I love you. I, I, I wish love I could you. say, I, yeah, I wish I could say it, but I can't love. And then Lol says, I'll love enough for the both of us. And you're oh like, oh. It's just like, it's time for the ugly cries. Everybody. She, yeah, she goes through in reverse sequence, like the things that she learned, she's like kissing, flirting, flower, smell, mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, oh, you know, it just goes in reverse order. And it's just so heartbreaking. Like you can see if you were to write an artificial life forms death this is how i would write it where it's like Mm -hmm. she the the creature like goes back in like sequential order and reverse sequential Mm -hmm. order like for everything that they've learned all the way to the beginning and then she says something like human and when she says human she powers down i think it was female because that was was her female because that was her first word i believe walking through the hallway um is she sees a, a female and she goes female and then oh, they're like, maybe. oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, remember, because she does talk and she says, uh, Troy says, how do you do, Lol? And Lol says, I am operating within specification. Yeah, so she was still a first, mannequin. Yeah, those are her first words to Troy. But when they walk into the hallway, she goes, female. Yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's, that's one of the said. first and things she the last, said, yeah. That's the last thing she says Ugh, um, as she's dying. Really she goes, hard. female. And then she just, like, shuts down. Yeah. And you're just like, Ugh. And by the way, the post-production on sound was so perfect because they tweaked her voice just a little bit. So it was like female, you know, just kind yeah, of like and it powered. The, it's like oh. the male and female voices in it, which is the voice that she had yeah. before she had chosen a gender. She had this male, female, like mix. Yeah. yeah. It was, oh God, it, was it was very so well done. It was very well done. Lots of tears. Yes. And you're just like, I want her to come back, you know? Yeah. And, and this is an episodic show. So a lot of characters don't get to come back. <laughs> there episodes. was actually a script written either a script written or a script pitched that lore would find law's deactivated body and like give her the proper emotion ship and like bring her back and have her be like his evil sidekick and the crew seemed to be like really behind that idea and they're like yeah let's have law come back but um for whatever reason it didn't get made so it is really sad like oh she doesn't get to come back Data if that happened. Let, oh my gosh. That, that would have been episodes would be mind blowing. Cause you'd be like, oh, it's lol. Oh my gosh. She's evil. Right. Yeah. You'd be like, Oh, it's lol. Oh, oh shit. It's gosh. lol. That would be so, <laughs> yeah. and be like, of course it's lore. Like that would be yeah. such, Oh, please people yeah. write a fanfic of that. Some fanfic do it. Or let's find that script or something. Um, y'all know what to do on Reddit, but data <laughs> couldn't let her go. So he incorporated her programs and memories into his own positronic brain. So she lives with him and everybody stands and Picard says, we're all saddened for your loss. And he's like, well, thank you. But you know, I can't feel loss. So he says, Picard says, okay, well take, if you want to take your post, let's get to it. Set course for Starbase, whatever. And I don't know if you catch this, but it's just in the last couple of seconds, data sits down and kind of shoots like a little glance over to Wesley. And then punches in the coordinates and off they go. And I was like, he does feel this. He is aware. Like Mm -hmm. it just really, it like this episode 
for me was heart-wrenching, infuriating, funny, sweet, like all in one. This episode mm-hmm. really had it all. Um because it had all of those things in like beautiful proportions. And I think Data really did feel that loss. I think he really did. I think so too. And you know, coming back to something you said a few episodes ago, where you kind of liken Data to um, a person who is on the autism spectrum, which I never saw before you mentioned that. I'm thinking about students that I've worked with before who are on the spectrum, who don't emote the same way that other people emote or the same Mm -hmm. way that maybe the general public would emote about something. Yeah. But it doesn't mean they don't have those same emotions or even stronger emotions. They just like Mm -hmm. this. I'm thinking of one particular child who would sometimes just kind of explode and you'd be like, where did that come from? (laughs) And it's because you didn't see any of the warning signs that you would see in another student that, okay, Mm -hmm. they're getting frustrated. They're starting to get, okay. And then they explode. It's just like happy go lucky. And then boom explosion. But the thing is, is that the emotions roiling inside of that student were the same as any other student. It's just because they don't, he didn't express them or emote them in the same way. Yeah. Um, It seems like sometimes he's not feeling things. Yeah. Maybe he's, he doesn't feel he is. Yeah. Yeah. But he is like, you might think, oh, he doesn't feel any way about the kids not playing with him right now. He doesn't really care. But then later on, he'll tell you, oh yeah, that really hurt my feelings. But he'll tell you in a very matter of fact kind of way, not with tears, not with any of that stuff. He's just like, oh yeah, that hurt. And you're like, wow, he's experiencing all these same things. He's just not expressing it the way that we're used to hearing things being expressed. And I feel like that's so data. Like he, I think he's absolutely feeling all the feelings. He's just not expressing them the way that we would think someone would express the loss of a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and I think that that's what data is absolutely doing. He, it's just, some things are just too private to share, even with your little nuclear family. Um, I had a final thought on this episode in the end of 2001, a space odyssey for those who have seen it. And I will give spoilers because the movie came out in the sixties. So if you haven't seen it by now, then, you know, okay. Um, but there is a computer that basically like goes bad and is killing people. Cause he's got this like new sentience. And one of the astronauts has to like quickly shut him down before he like destroy kills, kills him. And as he's being shut down, the hell 9,000 computer, which is just a red light goes, I can feel it, Dave. I can feel, I can feel it. And that's mm-hmm. what Lal was saying. Like when she was like, I, I can feel, you know, with mm-hmm. Troy. And when I was watching this, I was like, Oh God, I bet the writers wanted to draw a parallel between Lal's nascent mm-hmm. emotional intelligence or her like uh, her awareness. new emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her awareness of her emotions and how 9,000 is being like, I can feel it, Dave. I can feel it. like as he's dying, as this machine's being like shut mm-hmm. down, which is insane. And also that scene goes on forever. It is so impactful and so creepy. I've got to watch just, this like, movie at some point. You really need to, I want to do like a special offshoot of 2001 A Space Odyssey because I recently, and by recently, I mean, within the pandemic saw it and my mind was so blown. And I was like, how at 39 years old Mm -hmm. as a huge, like sci-fi nerd, have I never seen this movie? And I think in my childhood, I just heard like that it was super crazy and weird and like out there. So I was like, okay, just never going to see it. And then I saw it and I was like, it's a work of art. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's incredible. But I think that there's a parallel between law saying, I can feel it. I can feel it. And how 9,000 dying and saying, I can mm-hmm. feel it. I can feel mm-hmm. it. And I was like, Oh, this is a hell 9,000 thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, do you, what are your final thoughts on this? My final thoughts is this episode was just, it's just beautiful. It's mm-hmm. timeless. I, 
love the fact that Data had a daughter. I just, I just yeah. love that so much. Yeah. And they actually reboot that idea in Picard. The whole show is about Data's daughter. And really? yeah, not lol, but a new daughter. And it's, you know, this, this is a bit of a spoiler, but it, they reveal that in the first episode. But I remember I like picked it up before they said the words out loud. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She's Data's daughter. She's Data's daughter. And I actually burst into tears watching the first episode because oh. I was like, oh my gosh, Data's da- <laughs> like his daughter. You're like, I, you know, being a daughter, oh, that just, it, I don't know. I can't even the describe feels. it, but this episode is just beautiful. And I'm so glad we got to review it together. Me too. Me too. This is one of the few sad episodes or very like heart-wrenching episodes. This one, I think inner light, you know, those are some of the ones that stand out that are like the one with Kevin and Rashawn. Yes. Yes. There's just Mm. a handful of those and they really put you in that place. What I'm hoping we can do is put together a list of TNG episodes that are sort of by feel like the funny ones, the heart-wrenching ones, the cliffhangers, Mm -hmm. Borg ones, data ones, Wesley ones, you know, so that way it's like, if you're really just wanting a good Picard kick, these are your 10 episodes that have mm-hmm. like that center on him kind of thing. That's a good um, idea. Yeah. Anyway, well, we're just kind of going on a tangent, but Sharice, you know, I say it every time. I love you and I love doing this with you. It's so much fun. Next week, though, we still have this theme going that the writers, the way they put together these episodes for season three is just freaking genius. So we have another one that matches this week's theme. This week was about family. Next week is about family. And I'm super excited about it. Yes, it is. It's a really great episode. Next week, guys, we're tearing down season three, episode 17, Sins of the Father. Thank you so much for geeking out with us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.